1: Hello, Man, welcome to the Rosh Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Sports Map Radio Network. It is Legends of Sports Friday. That means we are joined by the one and only, it's Andy Bernstein. Hey, Andy, how are you? I'm great, Arash. I'm great. Great to see you as always, my friend. You too. Uh, you have a very special classic edition, uh, your conversation with Franco Harris and it was so sad his passing because it happened right before they were going to retire his Jersey and such an amazing mm-hmm. man, incredible career. Take us back to that conversation. Um, what was that like? Well, it was uh, so great to connect with Franco. Um, truly
0: one of the legends of, of NFL football, of course. And his story was so compelling um, he was he was so forthcoming um friendly to talk to um of course we we spent a lot of time talking about the immaculate reception um and and we felt it was um appropriate now to re-release uh this episode as a classic you know he, he we just lost him um in December i think it was December yeah. 22nd i think he was really, what 72 or something when he died and um, like you said, they were just about to retire his number and fiftieth anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and all that. So, um, and leading you know into championship weekend of the NFL with the Super Bowl looming, um, you know we thought it would be it would be appropriate and and honoring his legacy and his memory to release this episode this week.
1: When you kind of look back at that conversation, is there one thing that that, that uh, sticks out to you? Because he's a hero of so many people and, the, and I've never gotten a chance. I never got a chance to talk with him. The one thing I've heard was how kind he was.
0: Yeah, well, yes, incredibly kind, um, very humble. He's no. a very, very humble guy. I think he's one of nine children, as I remember. And so I think humility was sort of drilled into him as, as a youngster and very religious family. Um, you know, the story of the Immaculate Reception from his point of view, I, I don't think I had never heard that before. I don't know no. if our listeners had heard it before. Um, there was just so many twists and turns in there. And then, of course, you know, I don't want to say he single-handedly, but that particular moment in sports history literally turned around a franchise. Oh yeah. I mean they you know, they were referred to as the SOS, the same old Steelers every year. <laughs> you know, they just they just were mediocre at best. And uh even their own owner didn't believe in them. Um, because part of the story is I don't want to ruin it for people because they listen to it, but how their their owner, Art Rooney, missed the immaculate reception because he was so convinced they were going to lose that game like they've <laughs> lost every game, every important game that he was in the elevator down from the press box to go down to the field to console the players after the game. So, oh you know, the whole thing was just <laughs> such a, a fun interview for me. I had never met him in person either, but I was, you know, a, 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 as a as a kid, I, I followed him, of course, and the Steelers were always this franchise that had this aura about them, even though they may, might not have been that great. You know, they were just the rough and, and tough Steelers. And uh, I was thrilled to be able to connect with Franco. I'm so thankful that he was able to take the
1: time to do it. I love that. And, we, and again, just as a reminder, we only play a small snippet of these conversations that you have with these great stars. Um, tell the folks out there how they can hear the entire thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our home base is uh, iHeart uh, Podcasts, so people can find us on the
0: iHeart app, online, as well as Apple, Spotify, and every uh, podcast podcast platform that's out there. Um, also, you can find us on our website. There's a link uh, on LegendsOfSport.net as well as our YouTube channel. Um, This particular episode is not on YouTube because this is before we started recording video, but moving forward um, and for past interviews, the last couple of seasons, people can see these interviews in full on on our YouTube channel, Legends of Sport and um, Instagram at Legends of Sport, Twitter at Legends underscore of Sport. My photography, if you're looking um, to see what I've been doing in the last forty some odd years, you can go on to my Instagram at
1: adbphotoinc. Love that! All right. With that said, let's now go to the first part of our Legends of Sport conversation. It is Franco Harris. Um,
0: you're drafted number thirteen by the Steelers in '73, and everything takes off from there, right? I mean, the Steelers were the franchise you know you guys you know won super bowl after super bowl four super bowls in the 70s i mean is it was there ever a moment where you just like stood back and said you know this is unbelievable how could this be happening to me you know i <laughs> or I, I, I don't take you as a guy who took anything for granted either you know with your upbringing and and how you guys had to work for everything so what was you know give me an idea what it was like playing with those great steeler teams and and winning and winning and winning. I mean, it must have been amazing.
2: Well, first of all, you have to understand the history of the Steelers. Mm-hmm. That, uh, uh, from 1933 to 1971, they were the worst team ever in NFL history.
0: Mm. I didn't know that.
2: They had they had more losses in any game. few mm-hmm. points forward scored, most points forward against. Mm-hmm. They were bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it either. <laughs> and, uh, but I did not want to come to Pittsburgh, you know, because I played at Penn State.
0: Yeah, right.
2: And I'm thinking, you know, Pittsburgh is like two, three hours down the road. Come on, you know. Yeah, and I right. want to go to Alice. You know, it's like, you know, people say, what are you going to get? You know, you, you, you're going to get drafted, Franco. And, and I wasn't even sure about about being drafted. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I know this is strange, but, but back then, uh, going into college, a lot of us didn't even give pro football a thought, and wow. I didn't even give it a thought.
0: No kidding, really? I never, wow. Hmm.
2: It never in my mind had a career. Hmm. It never. And then my senior year, people were telling me, "Frankly, you're going to get drafted." Mm-hmm. And so that was a, a surprise that uh, I'm going to get drafted. And I told people, "Well, really anywhere but Pittsburgh or Green Bay." Hmm. Yeah, too cold in Green Bay, man. Yeah, no way. (laughs) Yeah. And and I didn't know how bad Pittsburgh was, because I I really didn't follow pro football that much. Right, right. Like, I watched a girl named the Super Bowl, and (laughs) that was pretty cool. But besides that, uh, (laughs) uh, didn't really watch probably my whole career, my whole time at Penn State, maybe. I just caught this, yeah, just a few NFL games. That was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, our rooms didn't have TVs in the room, and right. <laughs> you know, you had to. You know, you had to go to the main building to watch TV, and yeah. And so I just never really, you know, just never really watched. Uh, Watch pro football, but and, uh, but, then, but here you go. Y- thinking y- about being drafted,
0: but then you get drafted. You're all of a sudden in Pittsburgh, which like your own admission you don't really want to be. And um, what did you think, Franco? Did you think this was going to be like your life and your career, and or this was maybe for a couple of years, or like what? How are you looking at it at the moment when you go to training camp in your rookie year? I mean, obviously, you know they saw something in you. Maybe you didn't even see it in yourself, but the fact that you ended up having this long career and obviously become an icon of the sport. But at the moment, right, did you see it as as your career? Uh, did you think that that was going to happen?
2: Absolutely not. I don't think anybody <laughs> saw it coming. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And, and, and first of all, no one saw that 1972 season right. happening. Uh, right. And, like, I guess with my life when I look at it, and, you know, maybe this just doesn't fit into a pattern that people look at. But uh, but for me, nothing was really planned. Never planned on going to college. Never planned on playing pro football. But yet I find myself where the previous stage in some kind of way prepared me for the next stage, but I didn't see right. that next stage. But. It was like I was being prepared for that next stage and didn't even know it what it was. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, what it was to be right. And uh, then when I got there, I didn't have any expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't know what what to expect. Like the Steelers, the first three years under Chuck Noll, they were one and thirteen, mm. five and nine, and six and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, no one was looking at uh, anything significant happening or anything like that. And th- then when I got there, and and preseason went pretty well. Right, it surprised me. I said, "Oh, okay." Uh huh. And 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 they were telling me Franco, when the regular season starts, totally different. I'm telling myself I can you know, be totally different, but you know, I'm uh-huh. like playing the ball, you know my first regular season game we're playing the Raiders and man was it like night and day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean the intensity, the violence, the yeah. attitude. I mean it was for real and it was for real. And mm-hmm. and I didn't have a very good game. I had to play never I'm back with her here, I'm a rookie. Mm-hmm. First regular season game and here I am starting and uh, you know, yeah. it was like, wow. <laughs> you know, and uh, then the next game, I'm trying I think was the next game when my daughter played uh, in Cincinnati, and I fumbled, and uh, I think of that fumble might have cost us the game. And then the third game, they really didn't, the game after that, they really didn't play me. The game after that, they really didn't play me. Maybe I went in never carried the ball three times, so uh-huh. that's' now I know I'm in the doghouse, right, and not playing me and uh and I'm just saying to myself, Franco, don't give up, mm-hmm. don't give up on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, keep working hard, stay focused and and I kept training hard and 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 like then I said something to myself, I said, Franco, the next time they put you in, they'll never take you out. <laughs> And as you know, in in uh, football, you know, it happens, and you get hurt, and so you know, this was the Houston Oilers, and, you uh, know, I said, you know, a running back I'd hurt, Like you know, Harris, you're in.
0: You're out of the doghouse so now, in, right? And, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, well, like I let to go in, and I get my first 100-yard game, mm-hmm. and my first NFL touchdown, and... This was maybe like maybe nine games ago, or eight games ago, whatever. And I ended up getting a thousand yards for the season. And uh, and we end up winning our division. I think it was the first time ever, the second time in steel history they ever won the division. And I think the first time I won the division and we made the playoffs and I believe this was the second time in steel history. In their forty-something years, the second time in their history that they made the playoffs. Wow! And uh, so, yes, that was uh, mm, amazing, incredible run. And that they made, made rookie of the year. And uh, and then, as you know, we we went to the playoffs and and I guess that infamous game against the Raiders. Yes, yes,
0: this the immaculate reception, <laughs> as it's called, right? <laughs> You got it. Well, Franco, can you walk like everyone on the planet who is a football fan has seen that play replayed a gazillion times as you have too? Can you just walk us through what happened there and from your you know. Your angle, where you were. I mean, how the heck did you do that? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, that's almost like the hand of God, you know, for Maradona, or, you know, you could probably think of two or three others in the history of sports that, that the immaculate reception is right up there with it.
2: Well, uh, well I'm like, I'll tell you where that kind of story fits in. Mm. But, uh, well, you know, we had an incredible season, as I said. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It ended up where we won all these games in a row and, you know, we won the division and uh, and, and so we're going into the playoff game. And, and I thought to you know, reflect also my college career. And when I first went to training camp, you know, like in college, as I said, I never thought about pro ball. So it wasn't like I think I was building towards anything. But Joe Returnal would always yell at us, Go to the ball, go to the ball. <laughs> And, and then, you know, when you're in college, oh, man, he's mm. hollering at me again. Harris, go to the ball. right <laughs> <You know? laughs> And and uh, so when I got to training camp with the Steelers, you know, it all came to me, I said, I'm the pro now, so go to the ball. So in practice, he'd throw the ball. I would run to where the receiver is. Even after I'm, I'd be blocking in the backfield, I mm-hmm. would run to where the receiver is. Mm-hmm. this building habits. and. So here we are, playing in this playoff game against the Oakland Raiders, mm-hmm. and it was a tough defensive game.
0: Yeah, it was a cold day. Of right, it was, it was like seven six or
2: something at the game. time, right? No, it was six to nothing. Oh, six to well, nothing. Well, well, right. well, yeah, at the time, yeah. Well, we were winning six to nothing, only two field goals. It was right on both sides of the ball. The defenses were tough, and uh-huh. then on a on a play, kind of like a busted pass play, Kenny Stabler ran in for a, a touchdown put mm-hmm. in my head mm-hmm. and so then before we know it's fourth down a long way to go and, and you know I go into the huddle in this fourth down thinking okay if I go play this play to the end and they call a play and I, and and I'm not even part of the pass pattern or anything like that right I'm <laughs> my job is to stay in and block mm-hmm. up on line and block well you know the ball is hike and after a little while everything breaks down right yeah and and, you know, I guess my blogging was to the to help the guys out. But the guy decided to release and try to be an outlet pass, you know, for Brad. And um, so he threw it to Frenchie downfield. Once again, my first thought, I heard your paternos in my head, go to the ball, go to the ball. And so mm-hmm. it was a thing of take your steps to go to the ball. And... I remember nothing after that. <laughs> my mind is yeah. completely blank. I mean, <sighs> it is weird. I mean, yeah. I remember nothing except stiff-arming Warren right. before I go to the end zone. Yeah, That's the only thing I remember, that from leaving the backfield to stiff-arming Warren, huh. my mind, it, 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 like, it's like it didn't exist you know, yeah, my mind is completely blank. Now, I do want to mention this to you. Uh-huh. So back in New Jersey, my you know the younger brothers are home and stuff, yeah. You know, uh, and the younger kids are home and uh, and they're watching the game. But my, but my mother's not watching the game. My mother was not into football, and uh, you know, and she was cleaning out to cook, you know, just right. doing different stuff. She was not watching the game. <laughs> But she knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And so she went to the record player and put on her, her Italian record. And, at the, and said, this is the truth. And then my brothers was all over. And at the time of the night reception, Ave Maria was playing. Come on, Franco. You, you serious? Really? <laughs> That's amazing. Because Ave Maria was playing, unbelievable, and and then and, and like later on that night, yeah, you know, hours and hours <laughs> later, it was named the Immaculate Reception.
0: That's incredible. You know, as you're describing the Immaculate Reception and and your. I guess your um path to playing pro football when it wasn't football wasn't even your favorite of the first three sports that you loved I mean I'm thinking that and I don't want to get too like philosophical or religious here, but there's got to be some force working here that is pushing you towards football, pushing you to Penn State, then you're getting drafted, and all of a sudden you're put in this position to make this historic play and then you telling me that avi Maria is playing on your mom's phonograph right you know player I mean <laughs> it's a pretty uh pretty biblical kind of story there franco don't you think
2: oh well it does sound kind of unbelievable and, yeah but it happened and, you know but it all happened like a fairy tale right like a fairy tale or something yeah, but, yeah.
0: it's a beautiful thing uh, man that's, that's a beautiful you know story I mean? that's but, incredible
2: uh, But every once in a while fairy tale does happen, I guess. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, think about it, though, that that was my rookie year. Yeah, right. Yeah. And really, for like the rest of the 70s, we really never even reflected on that. And it was very interesting, but when you think of the rest of the 70s, what we were accomplishing... Mm -hmm was something, you know, that no other team ever accomplished before.
0: Yeah, of course, yeah.
2: And, and so we were doing so many things and so many great things that to reflect back didn't even on a picture. So we didn't even, you know, <laughs> right. like that, and not the reception wasn't even really, like, thought of <laughs> or reflected on um, um, until it was all over. And then when it's <laughs> over, that's when you start to reflect back to the beginning
1: all right that was the first part of the legends of sport friday conversation with the late great franco harrison what an amazing life what an amazing career and uh we're really part of these great classic conversations that you can hear on legends of sport again uh you know we just play a portion of the conversation so if you want to hear the entire thing go to iHeart, uh, where you get your uh, podcast and look up Legends of Sport. Um, they do a great job over there. Um, so we're gonna leave it there for now. When we come back, more of Legends of Sport Friday and Andy Bernstein's conversation with Franco Harris. When we come back, right here on the Mighty 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Sports Map Radio Network.
0: Everyone is invited, so get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier
1: 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clam with the when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi show presented by the Sporting Tribune and Circus Sports. Uh, You can listen to us every weekday on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California. The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Sports Map Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. But again, it is Legends of Sports Friday and Andy, I bring this up every week, but um, I was at the 49ers-Cowboys game, and I saw your good friend, the Z-Man. He was across yeah. the field, though, so I, I couldn't see him. Um, but yeah. all these amazing pictures that are coming out of these conference championships and these playoff games, and, I, and listen, like, everyone's got – Cool iPhone, but they want Mm -hmm. to know how to take pictures like you, my friend. Uh, You have something very cool happening. Uh, Talk about the workshop that you have planned.
0: Well, first of all, I'm glad you brought up the Z Man, Michael Zagaris, at 77 years old. I'm watching <laughs> him you know, run around the field. Um, you know, I'm laying on my couch <laughs> and he's he's out working his tail off at Levi's Stadium. In fact, there was a moment when there um there was a there was a touchdown and happened right in front of him. And I freeze framed it and did a <laughs> screenshot and said it to him, you know. Uh, I think I put it on my Instagram story. He's just such an inspiring guy, and I'm so glad that you and I were able to talk about him last week because he was a, a fabulous guest on the podcast. Um, in terms of uh, of sort of paying it forward and trying to kind of move the craft to the next generation, um, I, I've taken a bold step to uh, develop a workshop called Beyond the Lens, Um, and we are trying to, right now, um, put together 12 weeks. Um, It's a live interactive workshop where, a little bit different than Masterclass, which is kind of a pre-packaged thing, but it's the concept of Masterclass where I'll share uh, my experience, um, what I've learned uh, along the way, the missteps, the successes, um, a lot that I learned from the Mamba himself about the Mamba mentality. Um, people like Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, some of the greats of photography. It's not really a hands-on like how to take a great sports picture, but it's more of a bigger picture about life and success and giving back. Um, so I'm encouraging people to go to our website, beyondthelens.live and, uh, check it out, um running a special right now. If people can get in early, we're planning to launch this in June. So uh, thanks for asking me about that. I hope um, hope a lot of people can check it out and, and join us.
1: Loved the uh, first part of your conversation with with Franco Harris, a legend, uh, part of one of your classics that you've done. Um, I'd be curious, you know, what are some of the events that you've Wanted to shoot or have it. You know, when I think of cl- classic mm-hmm. events, Pittsburgh Steelers football, right? When you yeah. look at the events you shot, what's on your list of, of stuff that maybe at some point in time I got to go there? Oh, man. I mean,
0: looking backwards in time, if I had been born in a different era, um, yeah, I would have loved to have shot, you know, Joe DiMaggio or, you know, Mickey Mantle. Luckily, I, I was I was around when the 69 Mets won. I was only 11 years old. I wasn't doing photography then, but that was like the, the birth of my love for sports was that age, you know, like basically nine to 11 or 12, Um, but man, I would have loved to have uh, shot some Ali fights back in the day, Um, the first Super Bowl, how cool would that have been? Um, Some legendary matchups, you know, to have been working the NBA now 42 years, um, and hearing so much about the great Bill Russell. um, Man, I would have given anything to just shot one game of of Russell against Wilt, you know, that would have been unbelievable, or Jerry West. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to have come along when I did at sort of the end of the Kareem, Dr. J era, you know, going into Showtime and then Jordan era, of course. But, um, you know, the golden age of the NBA, I think, was born before Showtime. I mean, no. you know, I look at that Celtic era and those great Laker teams and, you know, Oscar and Elgin and all those guys. So, you know, I, I'm glad I was born when I was and I've been able to have this sort of four decades but uh, that was a great question man I and then currently you know I don't, I don't shoot football anymore so yeah. I, I watch these football games and remember being on the sidelines and getting run over and, <laughs> and <laughs> having to lug big lenses around and all that which was fun at the time it doesn't sound like fun to me that's one of the things that I, I just give kudos to my boy Zagaris because he still loves it still gets juice from it still in, you know Gets up for it um, physically. I don't think I could do it anymore, but I love watching my friends work hard.
1: <laughs> I love it. And by the way, he's still on social media. He liked our post from last week, so it was very cool. Um, yeah, the Z man. Um, yeah, with that yeah. said, let's now hear the second part of your conversation on Legends of Sport Friday with Franco Harris.
0: Franco, I want to I want to uh, talk a little bit about your impact on the on the culture in in Pittsburgh. You know, you. Obviously, you know this, but our listeners might not realize that you were the first African-American as well as the first Italian-American to be named Super Bowl MVP. I mean, that in itself is, uh, you know, one of those would have been a great accomplishment. But the fact that you as one person accomplished that, um, did that register with you? I mean, did that I mean, I know you grew up Italian-American, African-American, you know, in a multicultural Area, um, metropolitan area, but you know, did that mean something to you back then when you accomplished this?
2: No, well, I mean, what is pretty unique is that uh, my rookie year also ended up having my own army.
0: Yeah, Franco's army, right? Which, huh?
2: Franco's Italian army. Yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, and 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 so and so here it is. Well, well, you know, uh, and, and, you know, like my mom, I mean, yeah. proud of telling it. Sure. Proud, I mean, yeah. wow. And, and so, mm-hmm. you know, when people describe multi-ethnic uh, people, and most of the time they just make it simple and say, well, you know, you're black or you're this or you're that. Mm-hmm. And my mom would be very offended, she would say. Well who am I? Nobody
0: <laughs> Yeah, she only gave birth you know? to nine children. So I think she she should have a right, say. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: And and, and 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 so it really made me think that, you know, well, you know, this is you know, this is both my cultures.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, that mm-hmm. you know, not one is you know, both of this makes makes me makes a hold. So Right. Uh, mm. you know, I am what I am and mm-hmm. and then I find out on my father's side that he's African, Cherokee, and and English.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: And and so in soccer matches I find myself rooting for England. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, then I sing the song Cherokee Nation. know <laughs> what I played. Yeah. So so on my father's side. African, Cherokee, and English and my mother's side,
0: Italian. That's so interesting, and uh, and, and and you got like your um, head, your head cheerleader is is a guy named Frank Sinatra, right? I mean, what did your mom think of that?
2: How, I can't, how, I can't even imagine. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, how incredible is that? Right. So, so Al Bento and Tony Stagno, I started the Italian hockey. Right. And. And they' were all together, and uh mm-hmm. and you know, a bunch of Italians are out at a big dinner wine and food and mm-hmm. and then and they're all talking about how do we get your fans into the you know uh you know, you know how do we get them going now you know things are happening. how do we get the fans riled up even more <laughs> and and one guy said, I oh, don't take an army <laughs> and 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 it' was, one guy said, "Well, there's this Harris. He's half Italian, and but you know, so you know, you know what, if we start, what if we start an army?" And and so they came over and asked me about it, and I said, "Yeah, this has you know."
0: Yeah, that's and, funny. And so
2: they started like the an Italian army, and uh-huh. then we went to Diego for the last game, and we're practicing in Palm Springs, and Myron Cope, a great time, Uh uh-huh. So the race and, and and founder and then later, the Terrible towel saw saw Frank Sinatra in a restaurant. Yeah. And mentioned to Frank about to come to practice and join Frank of the Italian Army. And he said he would, so he called Stagno Vento, they flew out and, and then the next day Chuck stopped practicing on his feet and we had our wine ceremony.
0: Come on, really.
2: And, and uh uh uh-huh. and and uh, we inducted Frank into the uh uh Franco Italian army.
0: Oh my goodness. And uh,
2: yeah. And so he was he was the first inductee outside the original guy and uh, made <laughs> made him a one star general. general. That's hilarious. Yeah. And now on the fortieth anniversary of the uh and not the reception. I like. I have a function every year for the Immaculate reception, mm-hmm. and I, uh, the 40th anniversary, I, I invited Phil Villapiano. Mm-hmm. He he's the Raider guy that covered me on the Immaculate reception, mm-hmm. and uh, so every December 23rd, I call Phil and thank him for doing a lousy job of covering <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's some great stuff, Ranko.
2: And I call thank you, every December twenty third. Right, and uh, you know we have we have fun with that. But on uh, <laughs> the fortieth anniversary, I, you know, Phil came in for that, and and secretly under pressure mm-hmm. and torture, we we inducted the Raider Phil Villapiano wow. into Frank Zappa. To fight
0: the Italian army, that that almost sounds like blasphemous to have a Raider in your in your Italian army, but uh, but it shows you what sports can do, right? That it just goes across all barriers. You know, it's a beautiful story, really, about how that all came to be. I'm wondering about your dad being a military guy. What your dad felt about his son having his own army? <laughs> how did he feel about that? <laughs>
2: You know what, and, and and you know, my dad really wasn't educated. Grew up in Mississippi, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, and you know, came from slave heritage. You know what I mean? And, hmm. uh, and so, and you know, so when you look at that, it's you know, it's like wow. Like I mean, he really felt good about it. He was a quiet guy, uh, but he but really, he really felt you know really felt good about it.
0: I bet. I
2: bet. You know? Yeah. yeah, he was really proud, and mm. uh, you know, and 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 as you said, he would have
0: thought it? Mm-hmm. He would. Have, yeah, I mean, exactly. That, who know, would have thought it? Yeah. Well, Frank, I want to I want to jump ahead because you've been so generous with your time, and I don't want to keep you for too much longer. About what you're doing now these days, um, I know. Obviously, you still live in Pittsburgh. You're very active there. You you work you very quietly, as I understand. Do a lot of work and give uh, your time and money to various charities in Pittsburgh. The one that we found out about, the Pittsburgh Promise. Um, do you want to talk about that one, or any other one specifically that you work with?
2: Well, when I uh, first got to Pittsburgh, I saw Old Man Mooney just doing things around the community, and I just said to myself, "You know what? I want to get involved in the community." And uh, mm-hmm. and and so very early in my career. I got involved in communities, you know, different churches around the city and uh, you know, March and yeah. Times, you know, Citic February readathon, you know, you get kids to read and and and, and then they, you know, uh, raise money for you know, for children's causes and that kind of stuff. And 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 I still have kids today who back in the seventies who were in elementary school Telling me, hey, Franco, then you read it, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 and 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 you have things like that. And then you look at you know, all the time that, you know, different charities and different programs that you did that uh, to try to make a difference.
0: Yeah. Well, you obviously and, have. Uh, yeah,
2: for sure. And and, and and it's funny because when I first started it back in the 70s, I was saying, wow, you know what, we'll really do, do stuff here and... Uh, and then, like before, you know, down the road a little bit, you know, there won't be any you know, there won't be any to really raise money about anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, it, oh, you know, we'll you know, take care of all this stuff and little little did you know that uh <laughs> Right you know, that like, there's always things that need to be done and 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 the whole thing with Pittsburgh Promise is that uh I know the difference that a scholarship made in my life and a number of uh, my brothers and sisters' lives, and uh, and so scholarships can change lives and 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 provide opportunity and experiences. Uh, and our whole thing is to have our young kids here in Pittsburgh to start thinking about their, their future mm-hmm. and about. You know, college or job training—you know—anything like this—that uh, uh, mm-hmm. there are funds here for their future, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. so sure, we have expectations, and we want to provide opportunity, but they have to do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. they have to reach a certain grade level and a certain absentee, you know, certain, you know, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, mm-hmm. qualify and. Yeah, the results have been fantastic. Well, it really has. And
0: yeah, well, that's a great, great uh, way of being of service, um, of doing everything you can do for the community that was so good to you and loved you so much. You know, as a player and then post career. And I, I just find it ironic that after speaking to you, <laughs> here's a guy who didn't even want to be in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Not only had it. You know, a stellar Hall of Fame career, now giving back just amazingly to the community and the, and the children and the people of Pittsburgh. But staying in Pittsburgh, and you live lived there now, you know, how many years? Forty-something years in Pittsburgh. That's yeah, a that's a little ironic, don't you think, <laughs> based on what you told me earlier?
2: <laughs> you know what? It really is. But when I got here, I said, Michael, this is, you know, this is the team you're with now, so you're gonna make this your home. Right. And uh yeah. you know what I mean? So Yeah, uh, it's beautiful, Frank. And 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 then who would have ever thought that I would have had a rookie year like I had. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh
2: yeah. And and then really the rest of the decade was quite a run and you mm-hmm. uh, great great teammates, you know what I mean? And
0: yeah. Yeah. Great
2: people here in the city and you know, Pittsburgh has really Changed a lot, you know. Yeah,
0: it has. I was there recently. I, I had a lot of fun there.
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's been great. And I'm and, I, and I'm doing things well. I, I have to admit, I like. I did have one dream when I was a kid, and and that's funny that that my one dream when I was a kid was that someday I want to be in business. And I have no idea where that came from.
0: <laughs> yeah? Uh,
2: That's you know, another another divine and, and, intervention. And, uh, well, you know, but but, but but then when I look at it, you know, my mother, people, they're always in business. But then I find that on my father's side, uh, you know, they come from slaves, and, so, and I find that my grandfather was a sharecropper. And... Uh, and you know the sharecropper, they don't make much money selling the cotton, you know. But mm-hmm. all the kids have to pick cotton, and and but then I found out that he had animals, and he built a real nice business with his animals.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And, maybe that's where it came from.
2: And, and 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 so you know, I find on both sides of my family that there was you know there was business. But I remember telling myself, I want to be in business. I want to be in business, and I always loved business. And now, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm doing it, and I love it.
0: And so, the the business you're are you speaking of your bakery that you started with uh, your former Penn State teammate Lydell Mitchell, or there's other business uh, that you're involved uh, with?
2: Yeah, we have a bakery business in our signature product is super donut. Mm, that's right.
0: Yeah. And that's right. a great,
2: name, a great yeah. name. as you know.
0: Right. Yeah. Super yes. donut. Yeah, yeah.
2: And uh you know, a donut with minerals, vitamins, and protein. Mm-hmm. and uh and and the bakery has been uh, you know you know has been great. And uh, and we now have a uh silver technology business called Silver Clean mm-hmm. technology that uh, we put into textiles like stocks and uh uh, other clothing and you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, t-shirts and leggings and and so there would never be any odor, never be any bacteria.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Uh,
2: so, so doesn't be matter mm-hmm. how long you sweat, no matter how long you wear the shirt, never be any odor, never be any bacteria in these socks or uh, and, and and that's a sport line called Silver Sport okay. and. But our but our product that we think that is great in that is what we call our silver towel mm-hmm. and, and our ultimate workout towel, mm-hmm. you know, because when you work out, you sweat a lot, you lay your towel down, you're spreading bacteria, you're spreading. Mm-hmm. But with our towel, you never worry about cause contamination. You know, mm-hmm. you just sweat all you want, wipe yourself off. And never worry about germs or bacteria being in that towel. Mm. towel.
1: That's so interesting. You
2: know, that towel is always clean.
1: All right, that's all the time we have for this week's edition of Legends of Sport Friday. Amazing conversation with Franco Harris that was recorded back in 2019. Again, Franco Harris uh, passed away this past December, only days before he was going to get his jersey retired, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So it was great to hear his um, you know, what he remembers about that game and what he remembers about that day. And it was just a re- really fun uh, chat. So i um, looking forward to having you guys join us again for another Legends of Sport Friday next week. But that's all the time we have for today. With that said, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090
2: ESPN Radio.